2: Melissa this is Fast Money. Tonight's trader lineup, Steve Grosso, Jeff Mills, Brian Kelly, and Pete Najarian. Tonight on Fast, ante up. Las Vegas casinos getting ready to open their doors a little wider. So should you roll the dice on this reopening trade or is it time to call it quits? Plus, not cleared for takeoff. A second setback sending shares of Virgin Galactic tumbling today. What happened and what it means in the race for space? And with just two days left before Valentine's Day, we're taking a look at some of the most loved stocks on Wall Street. But will it be True love or heartbreak for these names. We start off with a big week, though, for Twitter. Shares surging more than 25% since Monday for its best week in six years. The jump coming after the company reported its second billion dollar quarter in daily active users of 192 million. Pete, though, is selling. He's out. Pete, why? Why? <laughs>
0: Well, I think the run was just absolutely extraordinary, Mel. And when you take a look at it, I mean, they did everything right, right? They actually had some great monetization growth as well, up 27%. So uh, when I look at the numbers, they're phenomenal. But when I look at the P.E., I feel like it's a bit stretched at this point in time, even for this particular name. I mean, Twitter's always traded at a little bit of an inflated P.E. It actually got back to a little bit more palatable but this is a stock, Mel, that I was lucky enough to get at about $35 a share back in August. And based, I, I based my thoughts upon unusual options that got me into it. But also, we talked about this earlier today, but obviously going towards the elections. And it just seems like the right trade going into the elections <clears throat> It was. The stock continued to move to the upside. And now we're seeing the stock absolutely just explode even more. It was up 11%, I think, on Wednesday after they delivered those great earnings. And I still love the company. As a matter of fact, Mel, I like it enough, and you and I talked about this, that I saw some um, unusual options in there today. I had to jump on those. So kind of a stock replacement. I'm out of the stock, but now Mm -hmm. I've got the calls to the upside. All
2: right. So you're you're still exposed to the long side if it does go higher. Um, Jeff Mills, you know, you can make the case that for some stocks, after you see earnings even if it trades higher and therefore the valuations go higher that stock has proven itself and so therefore that is a point at which you do get in you do see the stock respond you do have the earnings come through is this, is this one of those cases
3: I'm almost in the exact same boat as Pete, actually. You know, mm. they're doing a lot of good things. The user base is growing. They're, they're obviously engaged in the platform. But I think if, if you look at some of the numbers, they still are underperforming in terms of advertising relative to others, you know, Snap, Facebook, et cetera. I look at direct response ads just as an example. You know, they're getting a little bit better there, but they were slow. I think advertisers are still seeing better ROI in some of those other platforms. But it also means that I think that there's a big opportunity for Twitter. You know, they can optimize their platform for ads. They can engage some of these smaller businesses. So, you know, I do like the story longer term, but I would also use this pop to to take profits if I was in the name.
2: Yeah, Steve, when we had the earnings, we talked about this in terms of the growth comparisons to a snap, et cetera, and the concern that maybe Twitter isn't living up to its peers. Um, after this run, what are your thoughts?
1: So I, I, this boat's getting bigger because I'm in the same boat as Mr. Mills and Mr. <laughs> like Jerry. like a cruise at this ship point. here. So, that's right. So when you look back, Twitter's all-time high is 74.73, and that's from 2013, December, to be exact. I, I think snap, is going to garner a lot of those ad dollars, as Jeff just said. If you look at a chart, as Pete just said, there's an RSI, the RSI is 86. You know that over 70 is overbought. So I think that even the company told us that they're worried about growth and they're worried about their numbers going forward because the comps are tough. The comps are when everyone was sitting home quarantined when, uh, when the pandemic just hit. So I think Twitter is a gift at this price to be a seller, I would sell it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily rush into snap, but I'd rather be a holder of snap than Twitter right now.
2: BK, before you jump in the boat or jump out of the boat or wherever you are relative (laughs) to the boat that the rest of the three are in, (laughs) let's say you were in this stock. You saw this rise this week, but you also know that there is an investor day for Twitter in a couple of weeks, and they may announce something big when it comes to monetization. What do you do?
4: Well, you know what? Meet BK on the Lido deck, because I think you sell it, too. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's just it's one of those things where the catalyst is already gone. So, yeah, are they going to announce something big in a couple of weeks? Maybe. But the whole trade here was the election trade. We knew there was going to be an unbelievable amount of engagement. And then the biggest user of their product uh, has, for the time being, kind of sailed off into the sunset. So, you know. I'm a
2: seller as well. I think it's interesting that people say, oh, you know, Donald Trump being permanently banned from the platform, that that is a threat to Twitter. That's one reason to sell. It wasn't a reason to buy it when he was on the platform in the first place, Pete. I mean, was it? I I don't remember many (laughs) bullish analysts out there saying, you know, Donald Trump is going to spur engagement and therefore drive up the valuation of, of Twitter
0: right yeah it's fun fodder but no you're right i mean i think the reality is that uh it takes this big huge broad base and that's what we've talked about time and time again and how do they monetize it right and they are getting better at the monetization as i said so i think there's a lot of combinations i don't think the loss right now of of donald trump is is a problem for twitter by any stretch you know there's enough very interesting voices that come onto twitter that i don't think it's just one voice from the president himself that goes out there tweeting away i think there's there's plenty others. so the loss of the president the gain of the president i think that that had a very minuscule amount of uh, of real tangible uh... meaning other than just it's fun to talk about
2: you raise your hand meekly, Steve Grosso. So uh, do you have a comment?
1: Yeah, yeah. because I, w- I wasn't sure. It's a Friday show, so I'm not sure how much time you have left. But it, when, you, when you mentioned the investor day, the only thing that they could announce is maybe having a charged subscription-based model. Mm. It's tough enough to get people on this for free. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's any, any bull-cased uh, scenario behind that either. So once again, another reason to be a seller here.
2: They min- the minute they charge for a subscription, I'm... I'm off Twitter. That's for sure. Um, Jeff Jeff Mills, I'm saying it right now. Jeff Mills, if not Twitter, then where in social media?
3: Well, I'll just go to the charts on that one. So you see Snap, Big Pop. You see Twitter, Big Pop. You look at the chart of Facebook. It's interesting here. It's sort of battling between that 50 day and 200 day. So I think if you get a break higher, I actually like Facebook here just from a chart perspective when compared to those other two.
2: All right. Well, from a tech heartthrob to Wall Street darlings, Valentine's Day is on the horizon. That's a public service announcement. It's on the horizon. We thought this would be a good time to look at some of the street's most loved stocks. Among them, Amazon, Alphabet, General Motors, and Etsy all rounding out the top of that list with more than 85% buy ratings from analysts. So we start off with Amazon, the most loved stock in the S&P with a whopping 47 buy ratings, two holds, zero cells. Pete, is this stock true love or a heartbreaker?
0: Oh, this is, this is true going love. To be a this breaker. is absolutely an amazing stock. <laughs> no, it's not. This is true love, Steve, and I'll tell you why. When you look at all of the various numbers, and we just got those numbers, Mel, so it's fantastic. I mean, we get to look right at what's really in front of us at the very moment. And when you look at these numbers and you look at what they did, they absolutely crushed their earnings and revenue. That was something that I think surprised people. Their, uh, their operating income was up extraordinarily high. Their cash flow was up 72% across the board. And the most interesting thing, I think, is this is a company that finally might have grown into where they are from a PE perspective, because they're still growing like crazy, and yet when you look at what once seemed to be like a four-digit and a three-digit, and now we're looking at a company that's trading, what, 60 times? I actually think there's plenty of upside, and I like what they did in terms of, when you get a CEO, a new CEO who's going to take over the operation, give it to somebody who's an insider who's in the most profitable part of your world, and that's exactly what they did when they hired the, uh, the, the chairman of the AWS to be the CEO of the company I think that was brilliant it reminds me a lot of what Microsoft did with
1: Satya Nadella Steve Grasso true love or heartbreak? I apologize I thought it called me first so I this is gonna be a heartbreak I let the cat out of the bag there so the, uh, the September high was, was 3552 the 30 was 3552 and and after earnings we had a pop to 3434 34. but when you look at the stock it's really done nothing since September. This is another one that's going to have huge comps to get over once we restart the economy. So I agree with Pete. AWS was the reason to buy it. I wouldn't be a buyer of Amazon right now. Amazon could fall hundreds of dollars without blinking here. So I'd be I'd be staying clear of the uh, the huge tech behemoth in the room.
2: All right, the next one here is for Brian Kelly. General Motors, it's got 16 buy ratings, two holds. True love or heartbreaker?
4: yeah it's gonna be a heartbreaker for a thousand dollars You know you know what oh. i yeah <laughs> i am concerned here's what i'm concerned i don't think that wall street and the analysts are pricing in the issues that could surround the chip shortage that is that we all know about and so my concern is is that well while car prices may go up that may not accrue to gm's bottom line adding into the fact we've also had quite a run in the general of motors. So BK's a seller.
3: Well, the, the general of mills is going to do true love on this one, I think. I, 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 understand, the, the, I understand the chip shortage issue. Um, you know, it, it's not a GM issue. It's obviously an industry issue, and they're doing what they can to execute there around that. But I do think that looking forward, they have a big opportunity in EVs. They have a big opportunity in AVs. And I like the aggressive strategy. So, you know, for me, I I like the stock here. I think it can go higher. And I think there's an opportunity in autos generally. You know, if if you look at the consumer, they have $1.5 trillion more in savings than they did this time last year. We're facing down the barrel of another maybe $1.6 trillion in stimulus now at 6% unemployment. Uh, And I like the move above 40 and then the retest. That's encouraging to me. So I do think there still is a path higher.
2: The sound effects for this game were just tremendous, by the way. Um, (laughs) Alphabet, 42 out of 44 analysts with a buy rating. Grasso, true love or heartbreak?
1: Oh, This one is a true love for me. Go ahead. Cue the the sound effects. (laughs) Now, now this stock, having said that, though, this stock – habitually checks back to its 50 day. If it checked back right now to its 50 day, it will be a drop of 12%. I don't think it's gonna do that, but the 50 day is rising. So you could have a couple of point check back, but I think ultimately this one's a true love for me. It's going to outperform the whole fan group.
3: Yeah, I think it, it's, it's hard for me to say this, but it is gonna be a heartbreak for me now. And you know, of course it's a great business I like what Google's doing with with Google Cloud and all of the the non ad businesses, especially versus a stock (laughs) like Facebook. Um, But I do think it could be left behind when the growth really ramps up toward the end of this year. You know, it's 23% of the comm services ETFs. As investors start to favor and more of these areas of the market that are more levered to the reopening, I think perhaps there's a relative underperformance story when talking about Google. And Steve did mention the chart. You know, it's 31% above the 200-day. I don't know that it checks all the way back to that by any means, but at the same time, I think that could be some, some semblance of a, ha- uh, a headwind there. And then you talk about higher interest rates higher inflation. I think that could weigh on valuation some. Uh, And then you you lump into that some of the policy risk on regulation. I know that's been a slow burn for a long time, but I think maybe that ramps up here over the next couple of years. So for me, heartbreak.
2: I actually feel bad for the stocks when I hear the whimpering noise from heartbreak. It really makes me feel bad. Um, If you are looking to get crafty this Valentine's Day, check out Etsy. 14 buys, one hold, one sell. Pete, true love or heartbreak? Mm -hmm. This one, for me, is a
0: heartbreak. Uh, You know, I I look at the they do everything right, Mel. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) But the stock has already quadrupled, right? I mean, they put out nothing but great numbers. Those numbers are phenomenal. But I think this is, when you look at this stock, and we were just talking about Amazon a little while ago, trading at about 60 times, this is trading 120 times. So, yes, the earnings are strong, but um, I think this is the kind of target when, if we do get a pullback, and I sort of think at some point in time we will get a pullback at some point in time, when we do, these are the names that are going to get targeted because you look at those P.E. levels at where they are right now after that big run last year, and I think those are going to be what people attack. So for right now,
4: I think it's a heartbreak. Well, you e. just broke my heart, buddy. Remember back last time we were on, I mentioned the Christmas gift you gave me. It was a stunning crocheted apron, uh, and he got it on Etsy, yes. and I think that continues. Uh, so this one's a true love for me, and, and I, get, I get the valuation metrics, but here's the thing. We're in a market that valuation doesn't matter, and it's these stocks that really have a story behind them that gain growth, that really do well,
2: so I think you can ride this one a little bit longer. All right, we've got a news alert on where the (laughs) so-called smart money is going. (laughs) Leslie Pickers here with some of the details on the latest 13 Fs. Les.
5: Hey, Melissa. Yes, this is for the fourth quarter. Uh, as of December 31st positions, we got the 13F uh, for Seth Klarman's Baupost Group, an interesting one to follow and an interesting disclosure of a $900 million position at quarter end in Intel, uh, owned 18 million shares as of December 31st. Why is this interesting? Uh, well, it was That week, that third point actually made their activist move uh, in Intel. Uh, That became public at least during that week, in the last week of the quarter. Now, it's unclear whether the Bow Post stake is related to the third point move or whether they're in support of the third point move. Uh, But notable nonetheless is it's a a pretty large uh, holding for Baupost. Also, um, interesting that they have been traversing in some of these SPACs as well, uh, announced new positions or disclosed new positions in Avanti Acquisition Group Corp, Horizon Acquisition Corp, Invest Industrial Acquisition Corp, and previously had invested in a few others, notably Pershing Square Tontine, Bill Ackman SPAC, uh, but pared back the stake in Pershing Square Tontine during the quarter. So. Just want to reiterate, these are as of December 31st. The positions may have changed in the six weeks since then, mm-hmm. uh, but a pretty sizable stake in Intel. But again, no uh, evidence that it's in connection with Third Point. Just interesting timing given the activist move there, Melissa.
2: Right. Leslie, thank you. Leslie Picker. BAPO should send Dan Loeb a, a bread basket or a mm-hmm. muffin bat. I don't know. to Thank you. Sixteen percent up uh, this year. Crocheted apron on Etsy, for instance. Um, Pete, of course, we don't know if they still hold it, but it has been a nice run for Intel since Loeb got involved.
0: Yeah, in in Intel, you know, this was a a stock that a lot of people threw out, including myself. I had owned it for a long time. I had a little bit of a bounce, and when I did get that, I got out. And uh, my concerns right now for Intel still are, They're behind the eight ball right now, Mel. They have a lot of time that they need to make up in a hurry and whether or not they can actually execute to be able to do that because they've fallen behind their competition, and that's a real problem for them. So I think Intel, this is a tough one for me to be able to look at it at 62 and say it's going higher.
2: All right, coming up, investors rolling the dice on casino stocks today, but will their bets pay off as Las Vegas starts to open its doors? We've got the trade, and later, an emerging opportunity overseas, how our traders are playing the surge in emerging market stocks. Fast money's back in two.
5: What does it mean to be rich?
2: Welcome back to Pass Money. Check out the casino stocks cranking higher today as Las Vegas moves towards easing indoor COVID restrictions. The Nevada governor laying out plans for a further reopening starting on Monday with a goal to get to 50 percent capacity by mid-March. So let's uh, trade some of these names. Jeff Mills, I don't know. How do you feel about the casinos here?
3: I'm starting to warm up to them, actually. I've sort of been anti-casino, anti-airlines for a long time. But you start to see the vaccine roll out, really ramping up. You're, you're at one, 1.3 million doses a day. Uh, and I just mentioned all the stimulus that's in the pipeline. You know, I think people want to take that. Part of it will be filling a hole that exists, certainly. But I think part, partially people want to take that and spend it. You know, you look at the action in, in stocks like Penn and DraftKings, you know, a lot of activity there. So I think it's clear that people want to get back to that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, if, if I'm looking at some of the names, I think MGM is probably the most interesting. Um, they do have a regional casino business, so not as exposed to events and conventions. So that softened the blow a little bit along with their online platforms. Uh, And the the chart's at a really interesting level right now, so just above 35. So I think if it can hold that level and start to move higher, that would be a pretty good sign of momentum there.
2: Yeah, BK, top pick.
3: Yeah, well,
4: for me, it's Las Vegas Sands. I mean, and for all the reasons that Jeff just mentioned, I mean, not only are you going to see this reopening, but I don't think you have the risk of reclosing. Whether or not the virus has a second or a third or a final wave here, they're just not going to be able to close down cities again. So you have that risk taken off the table. And you look at Las Vegas Sands, that was $100, $120 stock only a couple years ago. So if you get that ramp up with more stimulus, I think you got a good trade here.
2: All right, coming up. Grounded. Shares of Virgin Galactic coming back down to Earth in a big way today. But will the stock be able to get lift off again? We'll bring you the trade and later on Options Action. It was a wild week of trading for pot stocks. So are new highs ahead or has this rally flamed out? Much more fast right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got a buzzkill on Virgin Galactic. Shares of the space tourism company dropping more than 8% after delaying for the second time a space flight test that was scheduled for this weekend. The company is saying it needs more time for technical checks. The test originally scheduled for December but also had technical issues then. Steve, you've been a longtime believer in this one. So now what?
1: Yes, yeah, so I've owned this one since oh, did- uh, about $15, $15 or so. So this one has, has run aggressively. It's up over uh, you know a, a, a tremendous amount, even over its old high, which was around 42 dollars. Uh, For me, I'm really uh, not, not that encouraged and disappointed by the lack of communication by the company. So I'm staying in this one. I think they have a couple of levers to pull, but it's pointless if they can't get this thing off the ground. They should have done it uh, a lot sooner, and they should have communicated it a lot better. I'm in this for just a little bit longer until they show some signs of success.
2: Brian Kelly.
1: I think this is the opportunity
4: of the next couple of years here. I mean, you know, we didn't expect this is hard stuff. It literally is rocket science. So they're going to have failures, but they're going to have successes, too. And I think over the next three to five years, you get stories like this. You buy the stock with both hands.
2: There's also the, the Kathy Wood dynamic, Pete, with the, with the space-focused ETF. There aren't too yeah. many publicly traded space options to invest in. And so here's one that would probably be a beneficiary of the flows.
0: Yeah. And this is a stock I've, I haven't i have owned it as long as Steve has, but I bought it back in June. And I'll tell you, the other great thing about this stock is the implied volatilities are off the charts, Mel. You can sell calls against your position in your stock and, and take in incredible amounts of premium. So that's how I've sort of navigated my way through the ups and downs of this stock. But let's not forget, the pullback is all the way back to Monday. So it's not like the stock, even though it did pull back 8%, it wasn't as significant as it sounds today.
2: Context is important. 13Fs keep rolling in. Yeah. We've got some big buys from Nelson Peltz. Leslie Pickers got the details. Leslie.
5: Hey yes, Melissa. This one uh, hits close to home. It's Comcast, the parent company of NBC Universal and CNBC, Peltz upping his stake in Comcast by about 27%. The value at the end of the fourth quarter was over a billion dollars in Comcast. Now, we knew that he had invested previously in Comcast. He's been uh, reportedly having dialogues with Comcast management, uh, has said that it's an undervalued stock, uh, but upping his stake in the fourth quarter, although in the six weeks since, we're not exactly sure where his stake stands. This is as of December 31st. Mel.
2: I would imagine this puts him as uh, amongst the biggest shareholders, Leslie, of Comcast at this point.
5: Uh, Other than Brian Roberts, I would expect it is. All
2: right. Leslie, thank you. Leslie Picker. All right, panel, thanks for your time. Steve, Jeff, Brian Kelly, Pete. Don't go anywhere, though. Options Action is coming up next. Stay tuned.
4: You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most
2: powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.